strap on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Raid. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score. Touchdown. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Rising, vision blurring, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. I'm ready. I'm 100% ready. I'm telling you, I'm ready. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! Wolf, would you agree that week 11 qualifies as a Mondo Gigante game, El Muy Grande, on Monday <laughs> Night Football in Mexico City? Indeed, Paulie. And the best news is, it matters. It's meaningful, right? It's pivotal because the Cardinals did what? They traveled to SoCal, the land of Botox, and they got a shot of vitamin W. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, we love that. You know, I mean, Wolf's, I mean, Antonio, just before we get to it, just to let you know, Ron Wolfley played in the 80s and 90s. He's basically been shot up with anything that's out there, okay? So, <laughs> a lot of blue juice. <laughs> and we'll hear you explain vitamin W a little bit later. But uh, real quick, it stands for? A win. Exactly. <laughs> Gotta have it. Yep. And it is the Big Red Rage presented by Santan, Ford, and Gilbert, Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, and our very special guest tonight, Cardinals cornerback and leading tackler, Antonio Hamilton. How's the body doing, by the way? Because you basically had the game of a middle linebacker against the Rams. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm doing pretty solid, man. I'm you know, I was lucky and I was thankful, to, you know, to have that many tackles and those many opportunities to show that I can I can play ball and be consistent. So I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. So, Antonio, before we get into the football stuff, which is really, really good, and we, we love talking to you about that, what is Johnston, South Carolina like? Oh, man, real small town, uh, but it's the peach capital of the world. So, uh, No, really? That was going to be my fault. It really is the peach capital of the world? Yeah, the peach capital of the world. Most of the time, you know, if you're getting any peaches that are coming from down south, they probably came from Johnston, more than likely. So what's it what's it like though to live? It's a small town, right? Oh uh, yeah, extremely small, super small town. Um, probably I know y'all said Zavin had what thirty five hundred people yeah. including the prison. Well, <laughs> we got about twenty five hundred including the prison. So yeah, it's really really small, man. It's it's a real small community. Like everybody knows everybody, so it's not too much you can do as far as like get yourself in trouble because they gonna know who you are and then they gonna tell your mama and then it's just it's all bad. So yeah. Yeah, it's a real small town. Could you ever do it again, small town life? I mean, you spent the last seven years in big cities in the NFL. Could you move back and, and do a small town again? Oh, yeah, man, most definitely. I love I, – I could go back every year uh, at, at least three to four times because I, I just love being home. Like, it's just – you get away from a lot of the noise and everything, and you just get to be a part of it. – like, it's really like a big family, like being in those small type of towns. So it's like almost like a family reunion. You get to see everybody you went to school with and everything. So you're either um, – you either love peaches or you hate peaches. Which one is it? I don't hate them, but I don't love them either. I'm like right there in between. Like you have so many, you know, growing up, and he's just like, 
<laughs> I've had enough cobbler. You know, yeah. Thanksgiving, uh, man, I've had enough peach cobbler. Enough, enough. <laughs> I have enough of yeah. it also. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I, my wife, though, oh, man, she loves them, though. She loves them. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, I think of your wife when I think of your interception against the Saints, right? I mean, a critical pivotal interception would have been 14 to 3 early in that game not sure the cardinals come back cliff kingsbury studied your interception not the two pick sixes is maybe the most important but as the pencil neck sideline reporter i vividly remember you coming to the sideline and going to the rail and looking for your wife and take it from there explain to everyone because i think a lot of folks are familiar with the cooking accident mm-hmm. you had but just the wife and the, and the props and plaudits you paid to your wife and your recovery from those second degree burns yeah man so my wife is very very important to me uh i love her more than the world of course and more than anything in the world um so i've always told her like i was like man when that day come that you know god finally best blessed me with that opportunity to get my hands on the ball you know I'm, i pray to god that you're there because i'm gonna come and bring you the ball and Getting the opportunity to come back after being, you know, sustaining the injury that I sustained uh, right uh, during tra- training camp, you know, it, I was in a dark place, and so to get that 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 pick after seven years of waiting for a long, long time and not getting many opportunities to, you know, get myself out there to get those interceptions. I mean, like, man, it was perfect timing with everything, and so when I when I made it, I went straight to the sign. I'm like, uh. Uh-uh. Where she at? I know she's somewhere over there. And uh, I was as I get get down the sideline, I'm looking for her. And people was like, "Yeah, man, you was showing off, showing you stuff. Had your walk going on." But I was like, "Nah, yeah." But I was really looking for her. I couldn't find her. And then I turned around to just walk away. And Banjo was like, "Oh, there she is." I was like, "Perfect." Mm. <laughs> and then so I I was able to uh, present her with the ball, man. So yeah, it was you know yeah. Antonio Thanksgiving obviously is right around the corner coming up here. You've got an awful lot to be thankful for, right? I mean, it just can you put this this season into perspective for us and what it means to you? Uh, so it means a great deal, of course. But um, it was kind of like a wake up call to a certain degree. Um, with just everything, with how everything was going for me for camp, you know, it was so promising and uh, this, that, and the third, and all in the blink of an eye, it can all be gone. So at that time, I was like, dang, I was faced with two things. It was like I can either fall in a hole and give up and just, you know, allow my injury to, you know, take away everything, or I can use this to, to become better or to become something more of myself. And so when I when I got hurt, I was like, man, okay, you know, if God does nothing else for me outside of just, you know, healing me, then I'm grateful, I'm thankful for it. So I, as I approached it with that uh, type of mindset, I began to, like, I heal faster because the doctor said, you know, the type of burns that I had had both second degree, very deep second degree and third degree burns. And so I just had a lot, of, I started having a lot of more, a lot more gratitude for the small things. Whoa. So something about just being able to get up the to walk to get to the restroom was a big big deal for me because within that first week it wasn't bad but the second week when my feet swole up and uh skin began to peel and I had to change my wounds like my wife literally like she was uh I guess about five months pregnant six months pregnant at the time she would literally have to get up and pick me up and take me to the bathroom so I, I know that um I was up here a couple of times but the the days that I was here, I was in extreme amount of pain uh, because just because how much my feet had swole, uh, swollen and uh, just with the nerve endings in my feet. So 
the the type of feeling that you may have uh, that you have in that to to try to describe the the sense of pain that I felt and even now like I have to take my shoes off sometimes and I have to lift my feet up and go on my tippy toes because if when the blood flows to my toes the nerve endings are still healing so uh they kind of have like this itchy feeling like if you go to sleep and you go to sleep on your arm and you wake up and you know how you can't move your arm yeah. it's got yeah. that static like feeling and so add that with a little bit of sense of like somebody just constantly like pinching you like and so mm. that's the kind of like feeling that I have and 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 it was way 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 worse uh uh when I really it was like really really recovering before I got back to boss so like I just started being uh extremely grateful for each and so every day cool. and within 6 weeks you were back on an NFL field yeah that, that is remarkable yeah antonio yeah. in this last game you had a career high 11 tackles you had two passes defensed I mean, you guys turned Cooper Cup into a non-factor. He had negative one yard receiving. That was all minus the Cardinals' number one cover corner, Byron Murphy. Think about that. And plenty of other players, by the way, on both sides of the ball. And once again, here's what you had to say uh, afterwards. Kelvin Beecham reacted to how you described the win at L.A. Vitamin W is always good. You know, it makes it easier to go to work. It makes it easier to deal with the nicks, snacks, and bruises and pains. You know, it makes it easier to go to work. And so we needed that. Vitamin W. What's vitamin W? It's a win. Oh. <laughs> you got a big laugh out of Kelvin Beecham right there. And based on hard knocks last night, uh, does vitamin W help cure popcornitis? He, mm. he had his own deal. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But, uh, I hope it do. <laughs> So tell me about the game and, and, and that win and just, I mean, how pivotal the win was. And, and I don't know if it's classified information, but Cooper Cup in two games had seven catches, 43 yards, zero touchdowns on 11 targets. What was the key defensively against the Rams this season? Uh, well, going into the game, we, of course, you know, that's a divisional opponent. So we know them very well. So it wasn't like we were going into the game like, hey, man, we got to, you know, double bracket coverage each and every play and just mess up the whole scheme. Nah, it was just like, hey, we got to line up, know where he is. So, uh, and uh, they gave me that role um, this week with Byron being down. And, of course, like we have like a great, great, great room of DBs and that anybody can come in at any given time and cover the number one receiver with no problem. And, you know, that's just a test to, um, of Vance Joseph and, and his staff and, and, and everyone else that's a part of, like, getting the roster together. Like, we have com- competitors through and through. And so, man, it going into that week, it was just like, hey, we're going to line up, we're going to play what we play and do what we do very well. We know that they like to run the ball a lot. And so it was like, hey, you know, corners, you got to show up and, and uh, fill in those gaps and whenever we get um, crack blocks and – I don't know why, but they kept running it to my side. So, I mean, I would think after like the third or fourth time, they'd be like, okay, let's try the, the other side. But they kept coming back. So I just kept, you know, throwing that body in there. And that's what you got to do. And uh, for for us as corners to be able to tackle uh, in this league and more, more so primarily in this division, that's very, very important because most of these teams are run first type of offense. And so uh, when we can do that and make them one dimensional and pass the uh, ball, like that gives us an opportunity to do what we do best, and that's cover. Antonio, man, it's just amazing to watch you. You're big. You're big for a corner. Um, you've got great size. You use your body. You're physical. You tackle. You can walk up on a receiver and play press, man. I, I mean, you really look like you found a home here. Why have you found a home with the Cardinals? 
Oh man, uh, I think it's just all God's timing. To be honest, to be quite honest, uh, I, like I've been around the league uh, for a while. This is my fourth team, um, and I just couldn't find that home or that place for me to stick as far as getting the opportunities to play defense. And so once I came here after being released last year from Tampa, uh, I came in and Coach uh, Vance was just like, "Hey man, you're gonna play at some point in time. You're gonna play." And I think what the the I mean, I played in the second game for sure. Marco went down. I finished the game against Minnesota here in the home, and uh, where they missed the field goal, and yep. I did the like the infamous black the backflip at the end of the game. And everybody was talking about, and I, I played basically the whole second half, and I didn't even really know the playbook like that. And then uh, Byron and Marco got hurt. I think it was week five, and uh, that was still with me, you know, trying to learn the playbook and stuff on the fly. So uh, I had to start when we played San Fran for the first time in the home game, and I was actually coming off an injury too. Um, but we had so many guys going that had went down in that Rams game. I knew I was like, dang, Marco got hurt, Byron got hurt, I hurt because I got hurt in that game as well, and I had to come out and I didn't come back into the fourth quarter. So I was like, man, I'm not going to miss out on this opportunity to get my first start here and show what I can do. And we got that win uh, once I got that start. And so from there on, I kind of earned their trust. And uh, they've done nothing but continuously uh, increase my role as far as um, being on the defense. And so I've been making the plays and taking advantage of the opportunities that I've been presented with. And so I'm just thankful. And the latest, greatest example of a member of the secondary playing through pain and making it happen, right? Buda Baker, and here he was after the game on how he was able to play, defied the expectations. He was going to miss two or three weeks until he didn't. For me, I think of every game as a playoff game. So they told me it was a three- to four-week process, but the way I worked, the way I did my treatment all week, the way you know the Arizona Cardinals treatment staff did, I was able to play today. And, uh, you know, not 100, but did good enough when we got the W. We know what he does for you guys on the field, but what do he do for you guys? Just your spirit, just your mentality when you see him out there and define the you know the forecast that he's supposed to miss two or three weeks. Oh uh, yeah, man, that's just to show that his character and what type of player and person that he is. He's just a dog, man. It's like you want that guy on the field because he just give you that extra sense of juice and that extra sense of fight. When you know that you got a brother uh, behind you that's just as willing to get in that dog fight with you, then you are yourself. Like man, they make it easier to play and. and and he's not making any business business decisions as far as when it comes to making any tackles or any pass breakups. He's getting in there, and so man, it's it's just very very important, you know, to a to a defense like that we have to have that type of guy like that. And we're thankful, like as I said before, that we have all the guys basically that our backups can come in. Banjo, he started a number of games too, and so we were like. Okay, Banjo, we we already know what you can do. Of course they do because you've already started before. So man. As I said, our defensive back group, like, man, this is this is one of a kind. Like, everybody really from the first to the third string can, can really ball. I'll tell you what, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Mexico City because you've been there and done that. We're going to hear about your talk with Colt McCoy. We saw some of that in Hard Knocks. <laughs> it's amazing. Colt McCoy has helped guys all over the roster on, on both sides of the ball. So we want to get your thoughts on that. And then, of course, the 49ers, how you guys were able to sweep the Niners a year ago. You know they're out for revenge this year. For sure. And they also have, in terms of their passing game, nobody has more yards after catch 
than 49ers receivers. So mm-hmm. when it comes to tackling, you had the 11. Guess what? Everyone's going to have to bring that aspect of their game to Mexico City. There's no doubt about it. It's the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. We are Santan Ford. We continue with Cardinals cornerback and leading tackler Antonio Hamilton as we continue with the Big Red Rage. Wolford back to throw, fires near side, Cup made the catch, run out of play immediately by Hamilton. Pumps now throws deep middle, and the catch is made by Cup, and he fumbles the ball. It's loose, and they're going to say incomplete. They're going to say that Cooper Cup never controlled it. What a great job, Antonio Hamilton. Knocked it away. Are you kidding me? Stuck that paw in there and ripped the pig out. Hand off up the middle for Akers. No running room as he is drilled by Antonio Hamilton in the hole at the 21-yard line. Play action, booting to the right, getting rid of the pass caught at the 20-yard line and up to about the 25 is Hopkins. Hamilton on the tackle. Great job once again. Defensively coming up and making that tackle. First down for the Rams on their 25. A pass play to the left and jumping in front and almost picking it off was Hamilton, but it's incomplete. Allen Robinson running the zero route to the left of Wolford, and Antonio Hamilton jumped the route. So you're saying, man, Passion Wolf called the name Antonio Hamilton a lot during that game. You'd be right. <laughs> 11 tackles, two PBUs. I'm guessing you really wanted that pick six. Oh, man, well, without a shadow of a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Did you bang up your thumb on that, if I might ask? Uh, no, so uh, I, my index finger and my uh, middle finger have been messed up for a number of, a number of weeks. And so the if you could go back and slow down and watch how it, the ball hit my hand, it really if it would have hit my palm, oh, I would have walked in there easily, no, without a doubt. But the way that it hit my finger, it pushed my index and my middle finger back. So and I don't really have a whole, I didn't have a whole lot of strength in at that time, and it, it just oh, it's, it's gruesome. So like to have that, and when you need your hands and your fingers, like it's just the most aggravating thing in the world. <laughs> Antonio, what do you like to do in your free time? Oh, man, so uh, I like to spend a lot of time with my family. Um, whether that's, you know, we sit at home, uh, we play a lot of Uno, um, <laughs> like literally a lot, a lot of Uno. And uh, we like to go to the movies, and I like to take my kids to the park and do just, you know, man, I just try to be present, really, just to be around my, my family. So cool. So you have two young daughters, and now you're expecting a son yep. soon, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, real soon, real soon. <laughs> I think my, my wife, uh, she was talking about, I think, what's it called? The Birkin something, uh, Birkin Hicks, I think, uh, contractions, thinking that she was having them last night. So I'm like, oh, man, we about to go to Mexico. <laughs> oh, no. just, 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 just hold off till Tuesday or Monday, Monday late, Monday night when I get back in the end. We're good because we got a home game. <laughs> so this season, have you learned anything about yourself? this season oh yeah yeah I, I really have I've learned a lot that I'm in seven years you would think you would know everything about yourself as far as when it comes to you know playing in this league but you don't you know so I try to use every day to grow and I noticed that man I I fight like no matter what no, no matter what I fight um even when the odds are stacked up against me I always fight and you know and I know that I don't have control over everything but I do try to control what I can control the best mm. of my ability. And so with that, I try to go out and put my, 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 my best foot forward. And I just try to play as hard as I can, whether that's on special teams, defense, and quite frankly, who whatever position that they needed me to do. Uh, I try to do it at, at, at my best because I know 
that I'm not playing for myself. I'm playing. I'm playing for my family. I want to take care of my family in a way that I that I really want to, and I haven't gotten that yet. But I know it's coming. You mentioned your defensive coordinator Vance Joseph. I don't know what the question was, but it essentially could have been, you know, what what have you learned about Antonio Hamilton? Here's VJ. I mean, he came out of camp as a starter. He's getting back to what he was in in the summer, you know, and to watch him play not only as a cover guy uh, Sunday, but as a as a run defender. I mean, he made some plays in a running game that hadn't been made in a while, you know, in the C and B gaps, and that's. That's a test of his toughness and his size. He's a big corner, but um, he played his butt off. He's a guy that has great confidence in his game. He studies, he's mature, he's tough. So obviously he's playing good. So as he's playing good, he's going to play more for us. Well, an undrafted guy. I mean, you had to develop that toughness early. Oh, yeah, for sure. Without a shot. I mean, just to forge a career. And then I mentioned, you know, Colt McCoy. You tell us, how has Colt helped you? How has a quarterback helped a cornerback? Man, that's that's almost like the best – uh, teacher that you could possibly have because he, based off what I do, which is defend receivers, he's the one that's throwing it to the receivers. So any type of insight that I can gain from him is like a plus. So with everything, when he see me off coverage, he like, uh, depending on the routes, like I was explaining uh, uh, to someone yesterday, I, like I had been beat on uh, corner routes the last like three weeks before last week. Uh, I had one against um, DK Metcalf, one against Justin Jefferson, and one against uh, someone else. Olave, Chris Olave, no, 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 not Chris Olave. I can't, I can't remember the third one. But either way, uh, he was like, "Man, you were in perfect position." The same way as the coaches were telling, "Man, you were in perfect, perfect position. You just have to turn around and 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 uh, take advantage of the opportunity and make the play." Because I, all those plays, I was in face, but he gave me an extra nugget that they essentially mm-hmm. couldn't give me, and that was the ball placement. So he was like, "Look, man." When you're in this type of leverage and you're in this position, I'm trying to throw the ball over here. So when you when you feel yourself right here, you get to take a peek, know where that ball is going, and stick your hand right there. And I guarantee you that ball going to hit you nine times out of ten. <laughs> and uh, he's been dead on. And so with everything like that, like I said, I'm 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 extremely humble. I can learn from anybody, and so I can take any type of criticism from anybody too, because I just want to be as good of a player as I possibly can be. And for him for to tell me that, man, I was just like, man, I, man, I really appreciate you. And uh, I do the same thing with him. I'm like, hey, coach, you know. Uh, because he's a great, like he's a student of the game too, and of course he's no, he knows a lot and seen a lot. I'm like, Colt, man, instead of telling him to run a route like this, if you see we in this type of coverage, you know, tell him to run it like this and then get right here because mm-hmm. that's our blind spot. And so, man, we're always pig- piggybacking off of each other, trying to make each other uh better. And iron sharpens iron. Yeah. So, on that note, right there, Antonio, what part of your game do you think you need to improve the most? Uh. It's not to say that I'm perfect. I'm not perfect <laughs> by mm-hmm. any means, but um, you feel confident. I really am. I, I'm I'm very confident in my game. Like I come in on third downs and I cover the best receiver. I'm not covering just anybody. Uh, yeah. So a lot of the plays that were made, they, those were the number one guys. I haven't been giving up any plays in any type of like slouches. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, I don't remember I, in camp you were yapping with D Hop. Oh a, yeah, yeah, a yeah, lot. yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> I love to com- I love to compete, man, and. Um, I, I just I always can you know I can be more sharper on my uh, press technique I can always be more disciplined with my eyes because you know we're in a division where a lot of these offenses they like to do a lot of jets and orbits and motions and you have to make sure you're putting your eyes in the right place and um, that's 
that what I would probably say is the most mm. important thing is just being better with my eye progression because that's very important. Yeah, and the Niners obviously do a lot of that. But first, tell us about Mexico City since you've been. Wolf and I were there in 2005, but you were there more recently with the Raiders, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are you telling like, some of your teammates? are like, hey, Antonio, what's Mexico City going to be all about? What do you tell them? Uh, number one, it was super, super cool if you had never been to Mexico City. Uh, I went in 2016 when we played against the Houston Texans, I think against uh, Hop. Yep. And uh, so uh, the altitude is real. Uh, for sure, it is real. Um, I didn't play in that game, but I remember warming up, and I remember uh, halftime walking back to the uh, locker room because this is far away from the field. Yes, and I remember getting back to the locker room. It's like, okay, <laughs> why am I tired? I'm not even doing anything. And we had a couple of guys that had, a, you know, they needed their inhaler or whatnot. So, but um, I, what I was just telling them, like, man, it's a it's an extremely dope environment. Like they're going to be loud. Like, it's not going to be a home and away team. They're going to cheer for everybody about everything that goes on. And I think they even had to pause our game because they got so excited and were going, like, going crazy. They started throwing, like, paper airplanes on the field. I remember on the far side. And, it, man, it was so dope. Like, that, that, that was probably, like, one of the funnest games, like, honestly, of my career, even though I didn't play in it. And it was just a cool atmosphere and environment because they're just so used to football, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but, um to have our game to come there like man they just embraced it and they just show so much love speaking of environments what can you tell us about the 49ers wide receiver room what do you see on tape oh we we know that they have you know of course they have a great group um they have a guy they have guys that are you know masters in their roles everybody doesn't do the same thing certain guys do certain things and we know Debo Samuel he likes to get that ball. And when he got that ball in his hand, you know, he's a phenomenal player. And so, uh, so same with IU. He's more of their receiver, crafty style of guy. And uh, we know that, you know, when it comes to the route running, he's going to be the guy. And uh, same way with George Kittle. They, they do a lot of 12 and 21 type of personnel. So Kittle is going to get that his, his fair share of, of work, too. And he's a great athlete. He can run all the routes, too. And he can make you miss. And he's fast. He's not, like, slow. So, yeah. man, I mean, like, they have a great group of guys. And even with um, uh, Christian McCaffrey that just got there, that yeah. just made them even better. So they got a lot. They got a lot of weapons just like we do. And so – they are who they are, though. You know, even with everything that they are, they are a run-first style of offense. And we know that we have to be gap sound um, going into this week, and guys, and we have to, you know, win our one-on-one matchups uh, with the ones that we yeah. get. And Jimmy G is the Niners' starting quarterback. Is 39-19. and 19. Think about that. And the only quarterback right now who's better on third and eight plus is Patrick Mahomes. So Jimmy G quietly having a pretty darn good year. Let me ask you, when it comes to receivers, what does Hollywood Brown, when he eventually comes back, whether it's this week or next or whatever, what does he do for the Cardinals? What sort of challenge is that going to be for secondaries to go against D-Hop, Hollywood Brown, and Rondale Moore? Yeah, so uh, he just spreads everybody out. Like It's not going to be you can lean over here with uh, with D-Hop anymore. Um, you can't really double-team him because then you're going to leave uh, – some uh, another corner one on one with one of the fastest guys in the league, and then he can run every route. So if you're trying to play it over top, boom, 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 he sit it down. We're gonna take that first down 
all day long. And so we can dink and dunk the ball downfield and we can just do what we want to with teams. And we still have A.J. Green, too. He's a beast. So when he get out there on the field with all the weapons that we – it's just ridiculous. I just, you know, I'm I'm excited to see once we get all of our weapons back and how we use them. And I just pray that, you know, everybody just embrace their role. And, and, and whoever got the hot hand, I hope they just keep feeding them because we got all the guys, we got all the tools and guys that can really get the job done by themselves, honestly. Antonio, who's, who's the best wide receiver you covered this season? This season? I would have to say Justin Jefferson. Mm. Justin Jefferson. That catch, that throw and catch by uh, Kirk Cousins that he made. Yeah. Like I said, I was in perfect position. And Kirk Cousins put that ball only where he could get it. And he had to do the even harder job with making the catch. And he made it, like, almost with a one hand against his body. He didn't give me an opportunity to stick my hand in there because he threw his hands up late. And that young boy is crafty. He know what he's doing. And uh, so that's just a hat off to him. And, uh, yeah, I would say that's the best receiver I've got. Look at the catch he made this last week. He Odell that one with that one-hander. Oh, my goodness. That's uh, Well, the Hard Knocks cameras, Wolf, when they get around to Antonio Hamilton, they're going to have quite a story, and they're going to have a great interview. We appreciate all your time, Antonio. Uh, Thank you. There you go. Respect you, brother. Yes, sir. Thank you. We continue with a Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Receivers right, one left, second and goal on the six-yard line. McCoy flanked to his left by Connor, who now motions out wide to the right. Snap to McCoy. Looking left. It's a fade left corner of the end zone. A.J. Green with a great grab. Touchdown! The A.J. Green of old is back. He's made two incredible grabs. Colt McCoy, meanwhile, continues to deliver. This offense looks entirely different right now. 16-3 with the extra point coming. It all starts with protection for Colt McCoy. And on the fade, it's A.J. Green, the scarecrow on a stick, baby. How about it? It was hard not to notice after the game when A.J. Green said, hey, Colt trusts me. And then Colt said, I trust A.J. So they definitely have a chemistry going, and you saw it right there on what was a dagger of a touchdown in a lot of ways right before halftime to make it 17-3. Cardinals get the win. We're talking all about it here on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Paul Calvisi, Ron Wolfley, and we were just joined by Antonio Hamilton. Wolf, your thoughts and impressions on Antonio Hamilton. Man, you talk about impressive, huh? You know, Polly, honestly, um, I think the only thing better than Antonio Hamilton in, in visiting with him is how well he's playing on the field. <laughs> I think that's about the only thing going that's a little bit better than Antonio Hamilton talking to us, man. He was fantastic. Um, he expounded on so many of the questions, really opened up about his cooking incident, of course, the accident, um, something that really set him back, and his own personal development as well, man. I enjoyed that so much, Paul, and I know you did too. Yeah. And the fact that he got the primary assignment on Cooper Cup last week uh, without Byron Murphy. So Vance Joseph hasn't hesitated to use Antonio Hamilton in some high-leverage situations all season long. But, you know, it's just the way this season has gone. You go into a game and and you heard you guys reference it there in the play call. You're minus four starters on the offensive line. You don't have your franchise left tackle. You don't have your number one cover corner. You're on your four different kicker for Pete's sake. And the Cardinals found a way. And, and I tell you, 
the more I reflect on that win, it's just what guys were saying afterwards is that there was a belief based on last year, obviously. You know, winning division games on the road, that's what Colt McCoy does. Yeah, Paulie, um, it's super, super impressive what Colt McCoy has been able to do. I mean, this guy, once again, when you're talking about the four games that he has filled in, to be 3-1 and one right now and beat everybody in the NFC West, uh, that that's it says so much about Colt. Um, just watching him on Hard Knocks as well. He's 36 years old, and he looks like he's 18. <laughs> he does. He has that baby he face. He does, Paulie. And, you know, I mean, just said uh, the leadership that he brings to the table and the mentorship that he brings to Kyler Murray. I, I just – it's one of the best things about – um, this team and this roster is the fact they have Colt McCoy as their backup quarterback. And you know what? He's almost an assistant offensive coordinator. What did Kurt Warner do for the Cardinals? What yeah. did Carson Palmer do? They were very involved in the game planning. When you've spent a decade plus in the league and you've seen every defensive scheme and you know defensive coordinators on a first-name basis, yeah, I don't think it was any surprise really when Hard Knocks showed this, and we're going to listen to it right now. Here's Cole McCoy during the game week getting ready for the Rams in the quarterback room. I don't want to go into this game if anybody has confusion on what they're supposed to do. But if we don't know what to do, and if it's not detailed and dialed in, then we're not going to beat this team. If we know what to do, and if the spacing's right, and you do what you, you do your job, we'll beat this team. That's the that's the we'll beat anybody. That's the bottom line. So when we talk about like what can we do, it's just these it's these little details that are just adding up. Hold up, wideouts. Then it's not one position group. You be in the place you're supposed to be. You get the ball. Like. When you're ready to pull the trigger, most of the time somebody's open. Silent one. We're better across the board on all this stuff. Hey, oh, yeah, wait for me, man. Wait for me. I mean, like little things. Hey, it's the details of it. And Wolf, you know, on on his TV show this week, Cliff Kingsbury, he mentioned how adamant that Colt was to start the week about the ball has to come out quick. Yeah. A, because of our offensive line situation, but B, because of the Rams' defensive front and Aaron Donald, and, you know, he had a plan in his own mind going into this game. Yeah, no, this is what I love about it right here. It really is. It's a game plan, and obviously they knew what the game plan was going to be all week long. Uh, Hard Knocks definitely showed us that. They were talking about it. Hey, the ball is coming out, man. It's space. You hear him mention the word space. They knew the zone was going to be there. Run your route. Be in the right place, and you'll get the ball. The little things he was talking about. Going out and doing your job. Executing. Being where you're supposed to be right there. That that was so evident on the first possession. Was it not against the Rams, Paulie? Where they went down 11 consecutive passes in a row to start the game. <laughs> Never, you, know, you want to talk about a Sicilian message, Paulie, being sent to the Rams right there at that point in time. You know, hey, Aaron Donald. Do you think Aaron Donald thought that was going to be the case? Do you, do you think Sean McVay thought that was going to happen? Do you think any Ram thought the Cardinals were going to come out and give Aaron Donald and that pass rush the opportunity to get to Colt McCoy. (laughs) No, man, 11 consecutive passes in a row. And I think that took him by surprise, yet that was the game plan all week long. And you know what? We were there, and you still learn things in hard knocks like that. You go behind the scenes, obviously. Even on his big fourth down throw to number four, 
to Rondell Moore, the shot that Colt McCoy took, he hung in there, and, man, he just got lit up, and he still completed what ended up being that one-handed grab by Rondell Moore is, you know, just a perfect toss. What other takeaways did you have from that episode, episode two last night, Wolf? Yeah, Polly, you know, I mean, just Calvin Beecham. What a dog Calvin Beecham is. Um, the the running with Leonard Floyd. Yep. And I, I mean, honestly, all game long, talking to Leonard Floyd and just some of the things he was saying to him. Uh, you know, I just don't think of Calvin Beecham being that way. He's so articulate. He's so intelligent. You know, we talk about it all the time, Polly, how, hey, if he ran for president, I'm voting for him. <laughs> hey, I wrote him in for governor. I wrote in Kelvin Beecham for governor. Right, and, and now, I'm even more convinced now. And, and just to see him out there, totally in the face of Leonard Floyd, just trash-talking him in a very matter-of-fact kind of way. Um, I, the leadership also, yeah. when he was talking to Lucita Smith, right? Play yep. football. Just play football. You know, I, I love the way that he, he, he was not joking around. He was speaking very directly. He was a little upset. Beach has got a little something-something coming out of the side of his neck, and that was one of my big takeaways. And you know what? We should have figured because in training camp, he, he had a moment in training camp. There was an 11-on-11 red zone goal line session, and he wasn't happy, and he made it known when he came to the sideline. So uh, that was good stuff. And, yeah, you're right. The way he talked to Alicia Smith, the six-round rookie, how about Kyler Murray and what he said during the dinner, the O-line dinner that Kyler attended, and, and he told Alicia flat out, he's like, you're thinking too much. Just play. And and for Lasitas to have that sort of game, and I didn't look at the film, and Aaron Donald wasn't over him exclusively. He was yeah. up and down the defensive front, but you guys did not call Aaron Donald's name a lot in that game. No, you're right about that, Polly. And, you know, listen, um, Lasita Smith has an awful lot of growth that has got to happen, of course, in his career. But uh, that was an excellent debut, I think, from Lasitas. And, Polly, going back to your, your comment about Kyler Murray, um, I didn't even know that was Kyler Murray. I don't when it first happened I, I you know because he had the hood on and it didn't sound like Kyler. No. He was so definitive um in what he was saying and and so uh, man I, I was really really encouraged when I saw that. I love the way he was speaking to Lasitas. I also liked uh, angry JJ Watt. You know, I, now obviously the penalty wasn't good, but angry JJ is a good JJ and he was the best 99 on the field during that game so more please of that and it was just interesting to see how nervous everybody was speaking of Lasita Smith right just with the situation at O-line and facing Aaron Donald there was some genuine nervousness and anxiety going into that game uh guess what going into episode 50 of the Dave Pash podcast this special guest is our own Ron Wolfley oh. it is available now via your podcast provider on Twitter at Pash Pod Wolf do tell I mean uh what, what's this all about you and Pash on the pod yeah we were talking about when Pash had hair on his head and not in his nose we were talking about that Polly and talking about what it was like 15 years ago and stuff like that Holmes of course had some really good jokes to play you know a lot of bloopers we continue with a big red rage right after this we have 103,467 on hand an NFL regular season record wow how about that for a number I wish everybody can feel what 100,000 people feel like on the field 
Like you're on the field and 100,000 people are watching you. It's just different, man. That's former Cardinal safety Robert Griffith. All the players knew the fans were going to be a factor El Grande. Former Pro Bowl pass rusher Bertrand Berry. It really was a different energy where the fans were going nuts the entire time, whether something good happened for us or something bad happened for us. I just remember the crowd just yelling no matter what. They just wanted to see us go out there and, and play. I just remember it being loud the entire game in a good way that people were so excited that there was an NFL game going on. In a general sense, they were just rooting for something big to happen every play. It, it felt like a big party. <laughs> it felt like a big party. The people that were just hungry to be a part of that first regular season game outside the U.S. Well, Rolando Cantu right there, former Cardinals offensive lineman, talking about the first regular season NFL game outside the United States in league history 2005 when the Cardinals beat the 49ers at Estadio Azteca in Mexico City, which is where the Cardinals are headed again. That was straight from Cardinals Folktales, the Emmy award-winning documentary series. All you have to do is search Cardinals Folktales. It's titled One Time in Mexico, and you can find it at your favorite podcast provider, Paul calvisi Ron. Wolfley wrapping up this edition of the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Wolf, I don't know if you caught the quote from Antonio Hamilton, earlier Cardinals cornerback. He said, it's an extremely dope environment, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, he so, repeated that a couple of times. Yes. I don't know if I can really use that and pull off that quote. Extremely dope is how he described the environment. What do you think? What are you telling people about the trip? Yeah, you know, like everybody else, uh, it was so incredibly loud. And I just remember all of the people. How many people can you jam into a stadium and how huge um, the stadium was. I, I was blown away by that. Um, also, too, just what they would cheer at. Um, yes. As you know, once again, Neil Rackers was, it was Neil Rackers, was it not, Polly? I'm remembering that correctly. He was kicking off, and weren't they all just going nuts as he was warming up? And when he went to actually kick it off to start the game, wasn't it? I mean, they were cheering incredibly wild at that point in time. It was like he was the rock star, and the rest of the Cardinals were his yes. backup band. Yes. I mean, it was like it was like Neil Rackers and the Cardinals. That's basically what it was. And and you're right; it was two hours before the game. We're doing the pregame show. Like, well, what's the standing ovation for? Why are people <laughs> losing their mind? And it's Neil Rackers just warming up, and and he hit. And I talked. We talked to Matt Prater about this today. Actually, yours truly and Jim Omohunter. We talked to Matt Prater today, and he said he remembered the story because see Andy Lee and I talked to Andy Lee yesterday was the punter for the. The 49ers in that game. That was That's his second right. year. Andy Lee is one of two 40-year-olds to start this season. Tom Brady and Andy Lee. And he said he remembers Neil Rackers and Joe Nenny hitting 70-yard field goals in warm-ups. Yeah, Paulie, that's because what? It's almost 8,000 feet Mexico City, correct? Almost it's higher than down. Flagstaff. It's, yes. it's like 7,300 plus. I looked that up. I was wondering. And so it's higher than Flagstaff. It really flies the ball. And so, uh, hey, Prater said today, if he's tasked with setting an NFL record, 
Yeah, he feels confident in that atmosphere. Yeah, you know, it's going to be so interesting to see this matchup, of course, the Cardinals against the 49ers. And when I think of the San Francisco 49ers, I no longer think of Kyle Shanahan and the use of 21 personnel and 12 personnel. I really don't. Um, Yeah, they run the ball, and they still continue to try to attack the line of scrimmage in a north-south way. They're just not having a ton of success actually doing it, even with Christian McCaffrey. Now, again, I don't want to make it sound like he's not dangerous. You better believe he's dangerous. He'll take it to the house. But for me, it's it's really about their defense, Paul. I mean, that's how good their defense really is. They're a physical team. You know that. Cliff has told us that, um, yep. how physical they are, especially on the line of scrimmage. But, man, that defense and that front seven, Paulie, it's probably the best in the National Football League. Well, they've allowed fewer than 20 points in seven of their nine games. They've held the opponents scoreless in the second half of the last two games. They're number one in total D. They're number one against the run. They're the number four scoring defense. I'll say this, though. They've had injuries in the secondary, especially at corner, a couple of yeah. devastating injuries. If if you can get time for Colt McCoy or Kyla Murray, and we have no idea at this point who's going to start, I mean, do you think with the Cardinals' weapons – that could be a real advantage because, yeah, they just beat the Chargers, but the Chargers were without Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Yes, um, the risk-reward is there, is it not? Yes, you want to come out and try to throw the ball 11 times against the 49ers? Uh, I don't know about that, Polly. I don't know, man, but to your point, that might be the only weakness on the defensive side of the ball. Here's the thing. Cardinals swept the Niners last year. They won 11 to the last 14 against the 49ers so we'll see they go in with a bit of confidence both quarterbacks beat the 49ers last year now jimmy g has been pretty darn effective this year we mentioned how on third and eight plus he's second only to patrick mahomes he's not really turning the ball over so we'll see it's going to be in a playoff atmosphere that much we know for sure hey for jim omohundro lauren Coble, uh antonio hamilton our special guest tonight ron wolfley i'm paul calvisi this has been the big red rage presented by santan ford in gilbert Chaw. number one kyler murray you've been listening to the big red rage presented by santan ford in gilbert are you santan ford state farm Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.